Right, welcome to the Data John. Uh, we are still at home with COVID nineteen. Uh, joining me is my co-host Patrick Callahan. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's, it's better than I expected over the last eight weeks. Um, it's it's been fascinating to see how our world has changed. Yes, it has uh, changed a lot. The expression "new normal" is thrown a lot around a lot these days, but I don't know if it feels all that normal yet. Um, joining us this week, we have Mary Perk from the executive director of the AI for Business program at Wharton School for Business. Uh, the AI business program um, prepares students to work across industries to create and manage AI tools of the 21st century. Good, uh, good afternoon, Mary. How are you doing? It's great. It's great. Happy to be Thanks. here. Happy to join you both. And uh, yeah, you know, who would have thought that the new normal was, you know, doing everything from your your home office, which is could be in a variety of different. Uh, Spots in your home, depending on who's who's living there and who's also squatting. We were talking about squatter rights the other day. So first one up gets the home office. <laughs> That's great. Let's well, hey Mary. Over the last um, few weeks, we've uh, doing this uh, data, the podcast or moving online. We've um, had an, a great opportunity to talk to some brilliant minds in the Philadelphia region. Um, a lot of them from Penn, um, and uh, it, it's just been really interesting to hear um, the things that are going on in the industry. And today, uh, we're really excited to have you um, on the Data John. Prior to coming to Wharton, I was actually at IRI, Info Resources and Nielsen, the big data houses for CPG and, and, and retail data, and putting in business um, technology and business information systems uh, or enterprise-wide systems for the merchandisers and the companies. Uh, and then prior to that, digitally at the Chicago booth uh, and ran a retail center there. And was, I've been here at Wharton for about almost two years now, and also head up the Wharton Customer Analytics Center. The, our AI for Business Center just opened. Um, we just launched it uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, so happy, it, uh, yeah, so happy to yes. be um, on the East Coast. Great. Well, we're certainly lucky to have you, especially in the Philadelphia region. Um, a couple of weeks ago on the Slack channel in our company, uh, someone posted, hey, check out what Wharton just opened up. And I saw that AI for Business, the AI for Business School, and have definitely been familiar with the customer um, analytics uh, group that you have. Wharton's a name that um, people from around the world, when they hear it, they, they think of the preeminence um, institution right in our backyard. And um, love if you could dive into like, what is it? Um, uh, why are you launching it now? And um, mm -hmm. what are you seeing and what drove it to, to be developed? Oh, sure, my pleasure. Um, and uh, yes, as you know, uh, Wharton has been a, a strong uh, brand name uh, everywhere around globally and um, had really been known in, for finance, entrepreneurship, leadership. And uh, last year, uh, we put a major, you know, stood up another major pillar, which is around analytics. And so um, throughout the course of the year, there have been different center, different entities that have been opened under analytics. And you mentioned one where customer analytics had been already in existence for about 10 years. Um, and uh, there's a couple of other entities. Most recently, though, uh, we knew that we would need to have an artificial intelligence uh, entity. And there was a donor that also recognized that. Uh, there was also a groundswell of students asking about AI um, content. Uh, more and more machine learning is entering into classes throughout the business school, but also throughout Penn. And so um, Dean Garrett and, and the team realized that 
we needed to, um, you know, officially open something for the students uh, and the researchers and uh, industry. And so that's when we launched AI for Business in May to serve all those uh, constituents, students, researchers, you know, industry, as well as, you know, our alums who are these are lifelong learners uh, and, and bring forth, you know, what what is AI going to be in this world? And these students, are, are they mostly um, are they mostly grad students or are they uh, pra- practitioners? Or I'd love for you to describe them just a little bit. Sure. What you so, look for, I guess, in the students that help develop this. Um, so the students that uh, brought to the attention of, uh, of this faculty, the dean, uh, about why they needed AI, it, it came from a variety of different um, groups. And some of it would be in developing that they wanted to develop an AI club. Some of it would be within coursework. Some of, it, uh, some of these students would be, uh, but it was across all disciplines. As you know, at Penn, there, it's a multidisciplinary uh, group of students. And uh, when, so the students came from the business school, they came to school uh, from college. Uh, AI can be applied to design. It can be applied to um, you know, uh, consumer behavior. So it can be applied to obviously finance and um, governance and public policy. So we, we saw that being sprinkled uh, across all the different disciplines. So AI for business, although it is um, how it is, you know, the home is an analytics for Wharton, it will servicing all 10 students. And that's how um, a lot of these analytic, a lot of our centers, analytic centers, when we offer um, experiential learning and, uh, and speaker series, We'll end up calling the professors to hear about what the students are t- telling them and what are some of the interesting things that they're teaching or hearing the need for. And um, since um, yeah, this will be an inspiring uh, cutting-edge teaching and research of artificial intelligence, can you talk about the initial curriculum that you're starting out with? Oh, yes. Yeah, so that, and that's the most important part. You're exactly right, focusing um, on, on the students, because you can't just bring like speakers to campus and, you know, have recruiting and, um, you know, maybe have, you know, an interactive club. You have to have the coursework. You have to have the basic building blocks. And as this was coming together, uh, the team began to look at what currently existed around AI courses for students and what what the first couple of classes needed to be. So uh, what we did was we have, um, we have some of these general machine learning class. They're not general. They're sophisticated machine learning classes, but they're across, they're within the statistics area. There's modern data. We have predictive analytics. We have topics in deep learning. We have big data analytics. But we also, in machine learning, that is um, taught by uh, Lyle Ungar, Professor of Computer Science at Penn, but what's new um, and what had what they had just started last year in a pilot was AI data and um, society. So it was a class that could um, give an overall um, perspective on AI, also where you would need to apply specific AI models, what where AI models are best suited in business, also grappling with data 
and um, how important that piece is within AI, what you start with, you know, what you input into your models, as well as how you train your models. And then uh, a third piece that we thought was uh, very, very important is how is AI and data going to impact society, the governance of that, and the responsibility that data scientists have towards the data and towards the algorithms and towards the use. So much more all-encompassing. These are the beginning um, courses that we have and will be implemented this year across um, undergrad, MBA, and at the executive uh, uh, MBA letter. So across all dimensions of our student, I mean, like all levels of our students. Well, that's quite the journey to get this program started. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, uh, if that's okay. Uh, over the last 10 years, uh, you know, the hype around machine learning and AI has been, you know, through the roof. But I think if you look around kind of the business to business landscape, a lot of the case studies seem more like interests or pet projects. And I don't know that I've seen a ton of AI that's had like big impact on, uh, on any businesses. Um, and so I'm wondering if you have any examples uh, of successful B2B AI projects that you have seen companies working on, or maybe you've seen them just starting to work on uh, that uh, are really you know, interesting or, or kind of uh, something you, your team is watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, in terms of the, the B2B projects that people, that we see people working on right now, um, what we really see, um, are seeing more of a trend is looking at the um, predictive models that can be used in recommendation systems. And, uh, and that would be uh, recommendation systems. Obviously, you've seen a lot of that with on the Amazon platforms where um, if you like this item, you will you likely will like this other item based on you know other patterns that you've seen um, online. So that that you could consider that B two B, but more recently from that, um, the traditional legacy companies have begun to look at what their what they should recommend to their distributors. For example, we have one company where we've seen. They are now looking. They're applying machine learning to the recommendations, so that of uh, in a distributor system uh, would would likely choose. So there's all these efficiencies that are going to be gained from that you know recommendation model that was really tested out on you know that Amazon platform of if you like this, you'll also like like this other product, and it would encourage people to. Of higher satisfaction was with their next purchase. And that is now being adopted and transferred into what I would call more traditional B2B selling. See that even filter through, I think, in supply chain. So um, this kind of uh, transitions nicely to my next question, which is kind of about uh, the current state, right? So um, we have all this data that's collected and can you know, in a normal, you know, situation could provide a lot of predictive power, but now we've really, the system's been disrupted by uh, the COVID-19. And uh, in some cases, it makes the data kind of not useless, but, you know, much less uh, powerful. Um, How does this change what kind of things you're teaching your students or how you're teaching, you're going, you plan to teach students about approaching data um, 
and approaching kind of AI platform? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm always an optimist. And uh, <laughs> I I, the class is always half full. And I think, and, uh, and, and also that is where I, analytics too, in, in general, Wharton is, is, Wharton is, they are always at as well. And we have, um, we have not necessarily within AI for business or some of these other analytics centers like that I had mentioned before, we have not seen necessarily an, um, an adverse impact, impact on how we're able to deliver these, the teaching experience and the uh, actually learning by doing experience to students um, because we're in a, a high tech environment. Think about where we, if this all occurred 20 years ago, then it would really be bad. But data, everything has been for the most part digitized, or there's a lot of data that's digitized that students, and because of these great tools such as you know Zoom and Skype and WebEx, sometimes we cannot do in-person presentations. But what it has, uh, the silver lining, or what it has forced, or it's a silver lining for industry, is to realize that they can all do this online and actually engage with student groups to um, facilitate the, the needs that they have. Because in some instances, companies have to cut back their resources. And so sometimes you need to double down and be more creative with what, with what resources you're using. Um, and so this has been a great win for us in regards um, to COVID. And in relation to AI tools, I think what it's doing, I haven't seen it yet, but more and more uh, individuals in the industry as well as students are going to AI, are going to online um, course instruction. And that is obviously, you know, form, some formal course instruction they see at the colleges, but there's all these other online courses that are available, some for free, you know, some that you pay for. And I think more and more people are investing in their own uh, knowledge about AI data and analytics. You can't, you can't listen to a, a news story without having analytics in the news story. So analytics now is like saying marketing, finance, human resources. It is not underneath those. It is, it is holding its own with all of those, um, all those subjects. And, uh, and so we're very lucky to, uh, to be a part of the disruption. It's fascinating. I, just to add in, I, you know, a lot of people have been comparing this pandemic to previous pandemics. And I'm not sure once you start peeling back the details that we have, that, that it's, it's comparable, <laughs> you know, in, in certain ways, oh. uh, especially in this, oh. in this area. I agree with you. Yeah. It's a seismic shift. And I'm not, you know, I think there's been a lot of uh, fits and starts with AI, but I, what I hope that this um, uh, might do is really, uh, really create the, the, uh, the pathways for accessibility to learn about technology, learn about data, explore um, in, its, in its approachability. Um, it's not an exclusive area to be in. It's it's an area for everyone, uh, and you can decide how how you know how deep you want to go, right? Yep, Mary. Um, so you know, this is the Philly data, John. We focus on the Philadelphia region, or try to, and sometimes bring cases of external resources. This Wharton is a global institution. Um, I'm curious of your role, or if you even feel you have a role within the Philadelphia. 
um, data community or the data or even the Philadelphia region as a whole? What are you seeing? Um, we do actually, uh, you know, we host a conference every year, an annual conference. We had to cancel it this year um, because that is one area where we, it just, our conference is in April, end of April, and uh, we just weren't prepared to go virtually, uh, uh, to go virtual at that point. And we hadn't done it before, but now everything we're planning going forward, we're doing that. So we have a conference every year and we hope that um, you know, people will attend next spring if it's in person, but um, we might, I think we'll be having more of it virtual uh, so that people around the world can, uh, can attend. But um, if it's in person, we hope people from Philly will attend. And along with that, we also have a woman and we launched our first women in data science conference this February. This is a conference that we are associated with, we're proud to be associated with Stanford. Stanford started a women in data science conference years ago. And uh, two um, leaders at Penn, one from the business school, Linda Chow, and uh, Susan Davidson from engineering, uh, they came to me and the three of us started the Women in Data Science Conference. So that is another very uh, local conference um, where we support women in this area. If we bring uh, women from the industry to present, but we, um, we also bring researchers from, uh, from Penn and other schools to present as well. Um, and then we, we are involved in uh, working with customers in the Philly area. We've worked with the Barnes Foundation and provided a pricing um, system for them based on their, their customer and member um, you know, segmentation. We are going to be working with Comcast on a project, another company, uh, TE Connectivity, um, that's uh, and the Essity. Um, we're working on some B, uh, projects with them. Uh, and, and speaking of the future, the um, if you look out ten years from now, uh, what's your future vision for um, for Wharton's AI program? Oh, the future ten years. That seems like a long time. Doesn't it? <laughs> That's all right. Maybe let's do five. I mean, everything okay. changes so much. I, I, I think you're right. So yeah. I'd be so off. I mean, I might be off by a year, right? You, See what's out in the air. We can dream, yeah. Yeah, we can dream. Um, I think the the uh, the AI uh, to be at Wharton in five years. What I I hope um, it would be is a very um, collaborative, very collaborative um, center that not only is training um, students, um, you know, to have the skill sets that are necessary out in the workplace, but we have um, their. Um, they're business leaders, they're business problem solvers, and we've prepared them to be uh, good citizens of, of data. And um, I, I'm hoping that uh, there's more, more of a two-way um, communication where there might be more contributions of people bringing ideas in as well as us you know, flowing, having ideas flow out. I think it's not so much about the algorithms, as it is about impact um, that the people who are designing those algorithms and models are able to have within companies and our environment. So that's what I hope would happen. There's just a more impact on our, our ecosystem and environment that's more societally conscious. So uh, you told us about five years out. So what does the next year look like? What are the things that uh, you're working on now and that uh, 
you know, we should be excited to see coming out of uh, the Wharton AI for business or the uh, customer analytics uh, program over the next year. Over the next year, well, I definitely would hope that um, there are students that are able to go and have internships with with um, companies because they've had that AI experience in those courses, um, and that we've had uh, um, speakers that will be virtually because of due to COVID, and um, they'll be able to share those real life um, problems that they have that. AI would be able to um, accomplish, you know, or be able to help solve. Um, in the next year, we hope to have what we would call, it's an A-B testing simulation. So one of, um, something that Kartik Hossinger uh, is focused on is making sure that students have a very good understanding of how important A-B is, especially in AI. Um, as you know, for those of you who don't know, many times um, these models are, are trained on different data sets. And so there's a constant training of the model based on data. And we might need to make sure that students are aware of how data can influence that, but also how important the, the testing of those models are. And uh, so we hope to have a, um, a simulation tool that can augment the, the coursework that the students are involved with. And like I said, um, uh, a, good, um, a good network of uh, industry um, companies that are interested in AI that would like to have a, uh, an ongoing conversation about it. Uh, with um, the AI. This is great. Mary, we're so lucky again to have you. Um, we wish you well, um, and we hope we do uh, get to hear more often um, from you and from your group. And um, we're looking forward to sharing your story and then hearing back on how it proceeds. So thank well, you again for coming on. Yes. No, thank you. And, and, and I, we'd be happy to um, come back in you know, a year to let you know how things have gone. I'm sure Kartik would be, able to, would be more than happy to join us at that time. Great. All right, thank you so much for the time. Thanks so much, Mary. Take care. Bye. Bye.